The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by HubSpot. Imagine growing a business with high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, and wildly happy customers. It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. LinkedIn News. From LinkedIn News, this is Get Hired, a podcast for the ups and downs of our professional lives. I'm Andrew Seaman, LinkedIn Senior News Editor for Job Searches and Careers. Each week on Get Hired, we talk about leveling up. Sometimes we talk about finding work. Other times we talk about excelling where you are right now. And through it all, we focus on how to stay true to yourself in the process. As Dorothy says, sometimes there's no place like home. Other times, the world is your oyster. Over the past couple of years, there's been a tremendous uptick in people looking for remote jobs in the hopes of creating a life and career for themselves in a new country. But how can you find work that enables you to live in your dream locale? It can be a complicated process. Fortunately, Shodawan, who is my guest today, is an expert at helping people secure work outside of their own country. Not only is Sho a career coach, and a former LinkedIn top voice, he's also a bit of a digital nomad himself. When we spoke, he was in Los Angeles, though he's also spent time in Hong Kong, New York, and other places around the world. He knows firsthand what it takes to build a career abroad. So what are some of the common challenges that people encounter when looking to change where on the map they work? Here's show. I never want to pitch this as a easy one-two process and you're there and you're and you're sipping Mai Tais from the beach and you could work anywhere. So a lot of people come to me and say, hey, show, I live in Asia and I want to move to the U.S. Or, hey, show, I live in U.S. and I want to move somewhere in Europe. And I think that's a great goal, but we got to get even more specific. Which city in the U.S. do you want to live in? Which country in Europe do you want to work in? And, and do you know about the laws and regulations that are there? So the first step is really getting crystal clear where it is you want to be and, and then building the plan towards getting it. You want to know what local life is like in that city, in that country you want to you want to live in. So ideally, you might have maybe spent some time there as a tourist. Maybe you spent maybe two, three months there while you're looking for a new job and looking at different countries that you could live in. It's all about understanding the actual day-to-day because I think a lot of times we romanticize what it's like to live there or, oh, if I lived there, this is what my day would be like. I actually want you to go there experience the country, get a little feel for how the local people live. And that's when you can also get better understanding about the politics, about the rules, about the laws. You do want to choose a country that other people have historically been an expat at as well. I think that's a that's a key distinction. So I even encourage that while you're looking for to work abroad or work remotely or work somewhere else, you want to connect with people who've done it. You mentioned really the first step in the process of going somewhere and working ends up being that you pick a specific place and you really get down to um, the specifics of the situation. What is the next step? Is it to actually go there, visit it, spend time there to say like, okay, I can actually make this work? That's actually something that I did before I made the plunge to go to work at a permanent job in Asia is I spent two months just hopping around different cities. I was in Seoul in Korea. I was in Hong Kong. I was in Singapore. I was in Bangkok in Thailand. So I hopped around. But living in those kind of cities, it made me realize just what kind of life is like for the local. And if I could see myself there, 
So I highly recommend that you go to the different cities, you uh, experience that local life. And from there, the favorite that you have, that's the one you want to go all in on. You've got to focus in on a country that you love and that you can actually see yourself there that has a welcoming culture because that's going to be better for you. But this is where the homework and having maybe three to five top cities in your head and and doing a side-by-side comparison. Okay, if I lived here, this is what my salary would be. This is what my daily routine would be. This is what my commute would be like. This is if I had to get a car. All of these things are things you want to figure out before you actually make that move. What is the next step then for people? Should they find a company in the United States, like if they're here and go abroad? Should they find like a company in their home country to say, I want to go somewhere else and see if they have an office there? What is your suggestion to actually figure out, okay, how do I make this possible and also make a living? The work part, I think that's even more important than finding the country because (laughs) this is your career, right? You want to have your work, you want to have your job, you want to have your routine and your schedule. Um, something that I actually did early on in my career when I was living abroad, I was actually working U.S. hours while I was in Asia and it was very, very brutal. My day would actually start 11 p.m. in Singapore and it would end like 6, 7 a.m. And then I would sleep and then I would explore the city and do it all over again. It, It was tough. It was tough. But the reason why I did that, and I think it could work for some people, but the reason why I did that was because I had an agreement with my boss in the U.S. and let let, let her know already, hey, I'm going to be in Asia while we work on this project. It was like a three-month stint. Is this okay? I'm going to get all my work done. You can trust me. Uh, These are the times I'll be on. And she gave me the sign-off. So I think that was a good move because I had the transparency with my manager and we built a plan before I actually did it. So everybody who already is working at a company what I recommend is you speak to your manager first and see, is there any possible move of an internal move within the organization just to a new city or to a new country? That's the first step because I think it's usually the easiest step. The company will then maybe help you with your relocation. They might be helping with your visa rules. And then the thing that you want to do afterwards, let's say you explore that and there's no opportunities. Then you also want to explore what other opportunities are there in the local country. So let's say Singapore is your target destination. I want you to actually talk to people in Singapore, speak to different employers, see what kind of things that they offer for expats, see how easy it is for them to hire foreign foreign talent. Once you get a lay of the land, that's when you can make your, your plan of attack. But to answer your question, Andrew, I think that's a smart move. One, go internal, see what options you have there. And two, then go external. Yeah, internally, it's a good good route. And then externally, it's probably a little bit more difficult because you have to find a company that is sometimes willing to sponsor you in that new country or at least vouch for you, something like that. So it takes a lot of work probably to figure out that aspect of it. And it's usually an additional cost for the company too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, that's something you got to consider as well. It's making that request. You want to make this an easy win for the employer. Okay, so this is the mistake that I see a lot of candidates make is they think about the me, me, me. I get to live in another country and sip coffee at a, at a cool Paris bar and just do my thing. But how does this benefit the company? Because that's the best case scenario is that you are in another country, in another city, living the life that you want to live while also adding value to the company that you're at or the new country that you want to join. So what I recommend is build a business case of how this move helps the company make more revenue, decrease costs, increase efficiency, help you manage your team better. All of these things are going to be factors that your manager 
and probably your manager's manager and probably your manager's manager's manager is going to consider before giving you that green light because you're you're right this is not an easy thing that um that that companies can just say yep that makes sense go ahead uh, i'll give you the plane ticket see you you want to make this a win-win as much as possible yes you get all the benefits yes you get to live in the country that you've always dreamed of but you got to sell it to the company because you want it to be a win for them as well if it's a win-win you're going to get it we're going to take a quick break when we get back how can you prepare your bank account for expat life The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. In the last 100 years, we've seen financial markets swing, new currencies come and go, decades of savings lost in days, all showing that a retirement plan without a guarantee, quite simply, isn't enough. So more than a retirement plan, TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life, a promise that pays off. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. Hi, I'm Tomer Korn, LinkedIn's Chief Product Officer. On my podcast, Building One, we dive deep into what it takes to build great products. Recently, we had Zach Perret, the CEO of Plaid, and he shared about his struggles building a financial app for consumers and how he was able to turn it all around with a critical pivot. Take a listen. I personally couldn't resonate as much with the consumer set that we were trying to reach. I just didn't have that level of empathy. When we made the shift to building a B2B product though, I was building the product that I wanted. My co-founder and I were creating the product that we wanted ourselves, and we had so much empathy for what that product was. Such a great insight. You know, in that sense, we got lucky because we were were creating a thing for ourselves. And then the people that we were talking to also had the same problems we did. They were fintech developers. We'd been a fintech developer. uh, We'd been trying to build a fintech product for a year. And so, we had such deep empathy. We had such a clear ability to... If you want to hear more of Zach Perret's story and the lessons that follow, listen and subscribe to my podcast, Building One. We're back with career coach Shodawan. Many times a move to a new country will involve a change to your finances. Maybe you'll be making less money, more money, or the cost of living in your new city might be higher or lower. So... How can you prepare for that in advance? Here's show. If you can already have a job lined up before you make the move permanently, that is the best case scenario. And they can help you with the relocation. So maybe they offer to cover your apartment for a month. Maybe they offer to to cover your travel costs when you move to the new country. These are all going to be perks and benefits that you can negotiate when you have the the offer on the table. So that's that's the best case scenario is that you already have an offer on the table. You know that you're going to make income and you're going to make your money when, when you touch your foot on the soil. The second option is if you don't have that plan already, I would recommend you to have at least three to six months of just everyday savings. So you don't want to go in and put yourself in a bind and say, I need to find a job within a month. If I can't, then I have to leave. It takes time for locals to find a new job in a foreign country. So imagine how much longer it can take an expat moving into a foreign country. So keep those things in mind. I would recommend a safety net of three to six months of savings that you know that you can dip into while you're going through this job search process. When we talk about working abroad, there are people who want to move to a different country, and then there are people who want to be digital nomads. So what's the difference and how do you know what's right for you? 
the preference right now that I'm meeting with so many clients and I have so many amazing followers on LinkedIn and IG and TikTok, they DM me all the time about the latter. I actually see that being more attractive to today's employee than actually moving somewhere and being there permanently. So there is a, a lot of different things you've got to consider here. When you want to be a digital nomad, and I'm speaking from my own experience as a U.S. citizen, one of the things you got to figure it out is your own taxes. So again, not a tax specialist. I'm not a financial advisor. So please don't quote me and tell your CPA, hey, show from LinkedIn told me to do this. But I do want you to do your own research and figure out what does it look like for you to be out of the country for X amount of time. Everyone's situation is going to be different. I say if you are looking for that digital nomad life, plan out that itinerary, plan out even in advance. Okay, I want to be three months here. I want to be three months there. Maybe I'll be back home after six months and do some research about what that would look like for your taxes. What would that look like for just just for your standard living? Because it's a lot easier to say, yes, I want to, I want to hit all these countries and then actually putting the, the logistics on the back end stuff that can take some time. So I really encourage everyone to really plan out your itinerary, know what that schedule is going to look like when you are a digital nomad, um, and then go do it. I think that's when you can take action. Since you've bounced around so much and you've worked from different parts of the world, what are some things unexpectedly that popped up for you while you live there that maybe you didn't think about before moving? Is there anything where you like ran into a situation where you're like, oh, I didn't account for this or something? There's been plenty of times when I've been surprised by a country, by a city. I think a general theme that I, I struggled with at the beginning was I thought when I would move to a new country that there would be a community already waiting for me. I think that was in my fairy tale, like, okay, I've always wanted to live here. And when I live there, I'm going to find other people like me from all over the world who they're like, hey, show, come in. We're waiting for you. That didn't happen. <laughs> so you got to put yourself out there again to make another community that, that you had back at home. Because back in my New York City days, I had the, the best group of coworkers, best group of friends. We would explore the city together. We would have dinners together. It was just a nice close-knit bond. And when I moved out to Asia, I had one friend that I knew who's, who's amazing. His name is Steve. He was already in Hong Kong for a couple of years. So when I did come, obviously he introduced me to some of his friends and his circle. But that's something you gotta you gotta understand. When you're an expat living in another country, you, you don't speak the same language, most most likely, and you're probably going to run into some cultural differences. So that's something that I kind of had to get used to when, when I when I had my stint bouncing around. Um, but you just got to put in the time and the effort into cultivating this community. And I think anyone can do that, but you got to put yourself out there. It kind of feels like the first day of school for a couple of weeks where you're just like, you're wanting the city, you want to make some new friends. And I, I think... The, depending on where you work, if you work in the office, I think it can be easier. But especially if you're a digital nomad and you're a freelancer, you've got to put yourself out there, join community groups, uh, strike up a conversation with somebody at a cafe. These are the ways to to make connections in, in 2022. Yeah. What's your advice for making the transition? The The nervous feeling you have, that's completely normal. I actually want you to try to switch it as much as you can of like, oh, wait, this nervous feeling is actually an excited feeling. Just a little uh, a coaching trick that, that I do with a lot of my clients. So yes, please acknowledge that this is normal for everybody, that it's, it's okay to have these anxious feelings. When you make that transition, if you put in the effort, that's going to help you make these friends and make these connections. And you're, yeah, all of these thoughts of, of you feeling nervous and you feeling anxious, you're going to look back at it and be like, oh yeah, I was actually nervous to make these friends, but now they're part of my everyday life. That's what I want for you, but you got to do the work. You got to put yourself in there. 
show. Thank you so much for joining us. This has been a great conversation. I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much, Andrew, for having me. It's, it's so great to finally do this with you. That was career coach and digital nomad, Shodawan. Now, if you've ever tuned in to one of our Get Hired live shows, you know that audience questions are a big part of what we do. But so far, our podcast community, you included, haven't gotten that opportunity. So introducing the Get Hired Mailbag. If you have a question about growing your career or getting a job, or if you just want to say hi, email me at gethired at linkedin.com. And who knows, I may even answer your question on the show. Remember, it's up to you to put our advice into practice. Still, you always have a community backing you up and cheering you on. Connect with me and the Get Hired community on LinkedIn to continue the conversation. You can also join my weekly Get Hired live show every Friday at noon Eastern time on the LinkedIn news page. And if you liked this episode, leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts. It helps people like you find the show. And of course, we'll continue this conversation next week, right here, wherever you like to listen. Get Hired is a production of LinkedIn News. The show is produced by Michelle O'Brien with help from Gianna Prudenti, Derek Carl, Elias Avalos, and Taisha Henry. Joe DeGiorgi mixed our show. Florencia Iriando is head of original audio and video. Dave Pond is head of news production. Dan Roth is the editor-in-chief of LinkedIn. And I am Andrew Seaman. Until next time, stay well and best of luck.